Episode 20 with Timothy Lawson. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Men of Abundance with Wally Carmichael. You must be prepared to ignite. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, Men of Abundance? We are back for another Pay It Forward Friday, and today we're talking with Timothy Lawson. He's going to talk about his story about why he joined the Marines and what he was looking for to do that, and then he gets into his podcast. This man manages three podcasts. I don't know how he does it, but Tim started podcasting before podcasting was as cool as it is today, and I know you think podcasting is cool because you wouldn't be here otherwise. Or maybe you think I'm cool. Either way, I'm glad you're here. As usual, guys, before I introduce Tim, I want to remind you that you can get involved in the conversation by going to our private Facebook group. All you have to do is ask for permission, and I'll let you in. So just go to Facebook and search for Men of Abundance Free Community. Click on the green button, and I'll give you access. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this show so that other men can find it. And share our show with as many men that are in your circle. And of course, you can either do that directly from whatever medium that you're listening to this on. If you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, or even if you're listening directly from our website at menofabundance.com, share whatever it is that you're listening to. Share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, wherever, so that other men can find this show. And some women, because as I said before, about 45% of the listeners, or at least those that are going to the website, are women. Which blows my mind, but I think it's really cool. Because quite frankly, I listen to podcasts that are geared towards women, because that's where I find a lot of content to help me in my life, and to help you guys. Alright, so let me introduce Tim to you guys. So Timothy... Timothy Lawson served five years in the United States Marine Corps, spending a majority of his career as a Marine security guard, protecting U.S. embassies in Algeria, Russia, and Peru. Since leaving the Marine Corps, Tim has pursued a degree in broadcast journalism at American University in Washington, D.C. Tim is the founder of Lawson Entertainment and hosts three weekly podcasts, which blows my mind. That's amazing. The three podcasts that Timothy hosts is Fuel for Warriors, Follow Your Spirit, and one too many, Veteran Suicide. Tim's former podcast, Veteran Empire, was nominated for a 2013 podcast award in the culture and arts category. That's pretty cool. Timothy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Wallace. It's so awesome to be here. I, I love, as a podcaster, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this side of the microphone. Yeah, and I see you got three shows, and that just blows my mind, and we're definitely going to get into that because I've got the one show three days a week. started out four days a week, but it's a little bit... Uh, change things up just just slightly, uh, but we're definitely going to get into that in the show and um, possibly offline as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. Cool. So where are you at in the world? I reside in the greater Washington, D.C. area. Very busy place. It is, and I've, I finally, you know, I, I left home at 18, uh, eh, 19, 20, 20. So, I've, so I left home at 18, left uh, the great Northwest at 20, 
and was moving around every 12 to 18 months after that up until about four years ago when I settled down here in DC. And so this is the longest that I've lived anywhere in what, 12 years. So um, it's been, it's finally a home. It's nice. That's nice. So we're going to get right into that as a matter of fact. So I talked a little bit about who you are, basic bio, and um, but I would like to hear more from you and get a little bit deeper and let's get a little bit personal. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I, um, you know, I'll get a little bit more into the, the deeper part of this story, but, um, you know, I, I grew up in Okara, Washington, little town, little Navy town, uh, just north of Seattle. Uh, had a pretty, I don't know, it, I guess every, I guess most people would consider their childhood normal as long as you were a kid and played, but uh, I really do think I had a pretty normal childhood. You know, two parents, both working. Uh, I was a single child. I pl- had good friends. I played Nintendo. Um, and then high school was rough. School really wasn't my deal. So when I got out of the, uh, when I graduated from um, from high school, college, anything really wasn't in my mind. I got a job. It was a family-owned business, so I knew that there was a ceiling on where I could go. And so um, following that, I joined the Marine Corps, and that's really when my life took off and um, became a Marine security guard, um, guarding embassies across the world, Algeria, Russia, Peru were my three main posts. I uh, got out, fell on my face like like many veterans do when they transition. Uh, thought I was prepared. I was less prepared than I thought I was. Um, spent a year in Sacramento, moved out to D.C. I was just sort of getting into podcasting then. Um, as when I made that move, I was I uh, I had two shows that I was doing, and I think a third that I was starting up, um, and started attending American University for broadcast journalism, and um, that was the perfect pairing of being a podcaster uh, on my own time while studying journalism um, at. Uh, at school, and thankfully the government, uh, you know, footed the bill with the GI Bill, and just graduated this past April. Started a, a new, the daytime job at the Department of Veteran Affairs, and I continue two podcasts. A third that I like to say I'm still doing, but I'm not consistent with it, and I'm, you know, so I'll give my credit for a third, but you know, maybe it's two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, that's one heck of a story. So uh, what made you go into the Marines? You know, so this is, um, you know, this is, this gets into your kick in the gut moment, if you will. Um, you know, I, w- I was really thinking about this, the kick in, your, kick in the gut moment and then your enough is enough moment. And there was, I was trying to find a moment in my life where those two things were correlated, right? Where, where there was a kick in the gut moment and then enough is enough and how those things sort of work together. And so many parts of my life, I mean, I've, I've hit some lows um, before. Uh, people that are familiar with my, with my story would know that, um, you know, I have, a, I have a past of suicidal behavior and that I've uh, been able to pull myself out of that. But even that didn't really come with like an enough is enough moment. It was just sort of this slow process into emotional health. But if I go way back to when I was a senior in high school, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, I woke up one morning and there was a golf ball sized tumor that sort of came up from underneath my collarbone and was just sort of sitting there on my neck. And I was like, what is that? And I was touching it. It felt weird. And I looked and realized that's not on the other side. Um, so 
I ran to my mom and I was like, look, I got this problem. And, of course, mom goes into mom mode. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's probably just a cyst or something. You know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. For some reason, something about my 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 gut intuition told me that it was wrong. That something was like wrong. Um, you went through the steps of diagnosis with the the ultrasound, the biopsy stuff like that, and then they discovered it was cancer. And um, they took it they took it out of me. You know, and this is all through my senior year of high school, and I was already behind. I wasn't even sure going into that school year. I had a lot of catching up to do, and now I had this to deal with as well. Um, chemotherapy, radiation, the whole nine yards. Uh, fortunately, Hodgkin's lymphoma in young males had a 95% success rate of of, um, uh, of going into remission. So it was pretty, I mean, as far as cancer is considered, it was smooth sailing. Uh, graduated from high school and was put in remission sort of in the same month. And, you know, so, it, you know, if I were to consider that sort of, not really a kick in the gut moment, but definitely like a story, like, you know, I knew that it was going to be rough, that it was going to take a lot of um, physical and mental determination to, to overcome uh, what, had, what had been dealt to me. Fortunately, the support system in my life was really great. My, you know, my mom's church helped out a lot. The school was really um, understanding. My friends supported me the best that they could. But then, you know, I, I graduated high school, I defeated cancer, and, you know, there was no, there, that was it. You know, like, the goal was defeat cancer and graduate high school, and those things sort of happened all th- both at the same time. Uh, and I hadn't considered what, what would happen after that. And a couple, you know, a year goes by of sort of working jobs I don't like, and then I, um, you know, I got a job with a f- um, friend of the family's at a greenhouse that went really well. I was 19 years old and given a lot of responsibility, and, you know, the, the owner of the business was really impressed. But it was a family-owned business, and I knew that it wasn't, that I could only go so, go so far in that company. And I was starting to get that itch, you know, like I needed something. And, um, you know, to to sort of label this as the enough is enough moment, I I realized that like defeating cancer can't be the coolest thing that, I did, that I've done in my life, right? Like I can't ride the coattails mm-hmm. of that success um, for, you know, I need some, I need more cool stories than that. And so I happened to be on a day trip with uh, one of my good friends from high school. He was in the Marine Corps Reserves and I was hearing his stories of boot camp and Iraq and stuff like that. And, um, I was motivated. I wanted to go. I wanted to do something, something uh, special. And so, I talked to my recruiter. I, or I talked to a recruiter, and I intended on originally going reserve so I could like stay home and like live that family life. Something really didn't work out with getting the job that I wanted in a reserve unit. And I was like, "F it, let's just sign me up, active duty. I'm doing this." Um, and it was probably one of the best decisions. If I, you know, top five life decisions I've made was uh, was joining the United States Marine Corps because from there I got to do amazing things. Well, in the in the military, and then of course, you know, post military uh, has been, um, you know, this the government and, and society treats their veterans well, and it's been a nice transition, regardless how rough it was at the beginning. Um, but you know, the my veteran status is what's sort of carried a lot of the podcast that I've had, one of the, f- the first successful podcasts that I had, um, so I guess it was the second one that I, w- that I launched, it was for a company called Veteran Empire, and I just interviewed creative and interesting veterans that had just transitioned out of the military. And I mean, I did 100 episodes of that. We got nominated for an award at the podcast awards. I lost to This American Life, which I guess I really can't be too mad at. Um, 
And that was sort of, that made me realize how powerful digital media was. And, you know, I was podcasting before it was cool to be podcasting. There was no uh, podcasters paradise. John Lee Dumas hadn't started his podcast yet. Um, you know, there was, it was still a time where you had to explain to someone what a podcast was. Now you still have to explain to some people how to listen to a podcast if they're really uh, unaware of it. But, you know, back then people had no idea what I was talking about. And um, it was cool to sort of be a part of a, a community and industry that was just starting to get popular. Um, and then, you know, five failed podcasts and three successful ones later, here I am with um, Feelful Warriors, Fall Your Spirit, and then the, the One Too Many Veteran Suicide Project. Yeah, an all great uh, podcast. I have kind of listened to a couple of them and not, not entirely gotten really deep into them. There's a couple other podcasts, military-based, that I listen to, um, Veteran Entrepreneur and uh, Veteran Resources, I've found, and I recommend that one to a lot of my uh, veteran friends as well. Sure. Uh, having been in the military as long as I was, and I still work in, I, I work at Triple Army Medical Center as a um, DOD civilian as well as GS civilian, and uh, I just found so many resources from that, and then I, when I found your information on Podcasters Paradise, yeah, I just, just more resources for veterans, there's just so much stuff out there, and I like that you said that um, our, uh, that our, our government and st- certain states uh really do take care of veterans and that's absolutely true a a lot of veterans are kind of it's it's in the media a lot that we're not very well taken care of and i think you know it's just like anything else they're always going to spin the bad side of everything but we do have quite a few benefits and we do have quite a few many organizations and programs out there for veterans and for good reason yeah absolutely you know and and i you know, I do digital media for VA, for the Department of Veteran Affairs, and, um, you know, there is no organization that does more for veterans that receives nothing but bad press. It's, 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 it blows my mind um, how determined we are to ruin that organization regardless uh, of their efforts. I totally agree. There are a few bad apples. I personally have not run into any in the VA that I've gone to. Uh, my dad was a veteran. He many many years ago, he had to have surgery. Uh, he had some varicose veins with his legs and stuff like that. There's no way we would have been able to just walk in the hospital, let alone pay for the surgery he had. And the VA took care of it because he was a veteran. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Um, I you know I, I've listened to a little bit of it, but let's tell Men of Abundance what you're doing there. We'll start with, so the One Too Many Veteran Suicide Podcast, I, I do, um, I think I've been doing it since 2014. The past six months, there's only been a couple episodes out because I've, I've been trying to refocus and, and pivot that. Um, veteran suicide is a huge issue in in America. I mean, suicide in general is, but, you know, the veteran community definitely got the, the um, a lot of attention on this when veterans started dying um, on on wait lists and and the you know they started doing the VA's were putting out reports on on veteran suicide and I just I really didn't like the narrative that was coming out in the media and I didn't like the way that that 
the, the veteran community was trying to approach a solution. I thought it was kind of backwards. Like, they kept on yelling up, you know, like they were trying to look up and be like, why can't you fix this? And I'm like, no, we should do, we could, like, veterans can take care of their own. Like, we should be able to do this at a ground level as well. Like, obviously, we need to do this, you know, we need all the support we can get. And, and so I wanted to contribute to the, to the conversation. And, you know, podcasting was my thing. Like, that's, that was the only medium that I felt um, truly, um, powerful in and so i started a podcast on veteran suicide and all i all i did was i let veterans come on and talk about their experience with suicidal behavior or our families and friends of lost ones lo- uh, lost loved ones to come on and talk about what that experience is like what they've learned from it and stuff like that and I, all i do is tell them hey start the story where you want to be- where you think it best begins and then they just talk for you know 20 30 minutes at a time sometimes and i poke and prod with questions and sort of guide them into a direction that I think um, is most powerful for the audience. But I just sort of let them get everything they have to say off their chest. And it's, um, it's, you know, the guests enjoy it. The audience finds it really powerful. It's really, um, you know, it's valuable to me to to have these conversations. And um, so that's, that's the first podcast um, that that's probably the podcast I'm most well, well known for right now uh, that I still actively do. My second podcast called Fuel for Warriors. It's a it's a show that I started doing after Veteran Empire podcast ended. I wanted to continue doing uh, a podcast that could sort of exist in the veteran space, but wasn't pigeonholed in it. Uh, so Lock and Load Java approached me, said, "Hey, we want to do, we want you to do a podcast for us." And I was like, "Great, I have this great idea." Um, so it's um, it's veterans, athletes, and other people that can resonate with the idea of being a warrior. And I try to stretch that word as much as I can to, so to keep the, the, the guest list diverse and dynamic. And we just talk about what it means to be a warrior, what challenges they face, um, what, uh, what they're doing to better overcome those challenges, and what ultimately inspires them. And in, in the middle of that, we talk about their story, their project, what it is they have, they have going on. So it's you know each episode has a theme and the staple questions, but they're still different in a way that they flow because each guest brings a different conversation to the to the show. And then the third podcast that I do uh, is called Follow Your Spirits, and it's actually just my stab at sports journalism. I've always wanted to, to do I wanted to do something on sports, and uh, so I started covering the local professional women's soccer team, uh, the Washington Spirit, and I started a. Um, a podcast called Follow Your Spirit, where we have um, you know, like team, um, like game, game recaps, team analysis, and like player and player interviews. And obviously, the player interviews are the, the episodes that, that do the best, and that's what the audience wants. But um, that's that's a slow growth, but it's a steady growth because women's soccer is is booming right now. So I think uh, I got in at the right time on that one. Absolutely, yeah, I think so too. So three podcasts. You still work full time as well. Yeah, so it's yeah, uh, you know, forty hour work, forty hour a week job at the Department of Veteran Affairs. I'm good at doing the podcasts, right? It's the stuff, you know, when podcasters like look like, how can you do that many shows? You know, I definitely fail in the marketing and and like <laughs> the the stuff like that. Sometimes I don't make. Sometimes I forget to make a social media card for an episode or something like that. So there's administrative and marketing side of this that definitely suffers from the fact that I have uh, a few of these. But, you know, I've, like I said, I've been podcasting since 2012. Um, I know how to chop up an episode. I don't have to listen to the whole thing to edit it. Like, I, it's, um, I'm much quicker than I used to be. And it's, you know, it, it, the routine of, 
recording, editing, and publishing a podcast is second nature to me. So it's much easier for me to do. When I was in, I'll admit, it's a lot harder now than it was when I was in college because it was easier to schedule around classes than it is to schedule around a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then I could record two, three episodes or interviews in a day, be set for a couple weeks. Now, you know, because I have such little time between work and, you know, fin- finishing my, like, going to bed, um, I don't want, you know, my fiance to sit over there while I'm re- recording four episodes, so... Um, I usually only get one, maybe two interviews in a night if I do, and I still and I try not to do that on back-to-back days. So, um, it's it's challenging to say the least. And that's and I've had to shed some like when I was in college, I had Tim and Brandon's romantic comedy that me and one of my friends were doing. Uh, I had Mighty Mighty Marston House, which was uh, that only lasted about twelve episodes. It was getting a lot of steam, and I'm so sad that I had to let it go, but. Um, when I was transitioning from school to a full-time job, it was clearly the one that I wasn't going to be able to sustain, but it was a uh, hip-hop-focused show. I had MCs come on uh, on the podcast and talk about their music and how they got into the, to, um, into the culture and stuff like that. Um, and so one thing, you know, one thing that I'm really proud of myself is I'm not afraid to take initiative on something, and I'm not afraid to just do something and then not finish it, which was, it's a hard thing to learn. It's a hard, it's hard to, to, simultaneously be someone who's willing to take initiative on something and follow through with it while still being okay with taking initiative and realizing it's not working and give it up. Yeah, that is very, very powerful for for an entrepreneur because um, most entrepreneurs and, and people that start certain things, they just don't know when to quit. They don't realize yeah. it's just not working out or that's just not your genre. Uh, and that's that is definitely powerful for you to be able to do that. I will say as a as a seasoned podcaster, I'm starting to lose interest because podcasting has turned into the new blog. Everybody can just start one. Everybody's just doing one. In the business, you know, I just feel like I see the same podcast over and over and over and over and everybody's taking the uh, the John Lee Dumas model or the, um, the, the Ravencraft model or the Tim Ferriss model, the James Altucher model. Like they're, they're looking at a podcast that they like and they're, trying to, and they're trying to mimic it and they just give it a different name and they're trying to get the same guests for the same reasons, answering the same questions. Um, and that's fine, but like there needs to be something unique about it. And what it's doing is saturating the, it's saturating the podcast space and it's making it more difficult for users to find the right podcast that's going to fit their niche and going to fit their, uh, their listening style. And... Every, with everybody going after the same, uh, this is me just venting about podcasting. I apologize, but no, no, uh, the one th- one thing that started that got annoying, probably about a year and a half, two years ago, was everybody was having the same set of guests. Everybody was shooting for the same set of guests: Charlie Dumas, James Altucher, all you know, like a handful of like huge either podcasters, entrepreneurs, business people, so which is great, right? That it's name recognition. You want that sort of social proof, but they were asking them the same questions, like. I remember I listened to five John Lee Dumas um, episodes that are different different shows that he was on, and people like weren't asking him different qu- different questions. And it's like if anybody's, I know it may be different for your audience, but if your audience is into John Lee Dumas, there's a chance that they know that like they've heard him say. That. And you know, John, I'm just using him as an example because you and I are both uh, both familiar with him. But right. um, and you know that was you know, that's the case for like hundreds of guests now. And um, I think that. What I like, I like, I like unique flows like uh, like yours, Wallace. I like the you know 
I like that you have two strong starting points on the kick in the gut, enough is enough, and then it really opens up for anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, I don't know if what I'm doing right now is anything that you had intended for this interview, but I just sort of took it and ran with it, right? And that's what you want your guests to be able to do. You want your guests to be able to take a couple prompt, uh, a couple prompts and just take it and just bring it somewhere interesting. Um, and I, you know, I think podcasting, I think too many people are looking for the, mo- for the, for the perfect model and they're not just creating their own and th- it should be a blend of both. You should know what works, but then make it unique to your own. Absolutely. I agree with a lot of what, what you're saying and I appreciate you pointing that out and recognizing that because that's exactly where I've been going. When I first started the podcast, of course, going through Podcasters Paradise with John Lee Dumas, that was the model I looked at. But then I've looked at so many other things like Tim Ferriss, he has more of a, or a, yeah, Tim Ferriss and Lewis Howes, they have more of a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and now Tim Ferriss' shows are super long. Um, but super long yeah super long but he's got like his his interviews with like my favorite so far is with like uh larry king was an amazing interview and with um uh what is his name um mike rowe another one but super long but i wanted i like structure but then at the same time i just wanted to carry on and do a regular conversation after that little bit of structure and then we kind of pay it forward because that's the brand of my podcast is men of abundance the pay it forward community and that's the way i like to run things but i'm still finding my voice and i'm still kind of finding my um not just my voice but my strategy and how i'm gonna you know go on so like for instance i have um i've been talking with pat flynn and he's possibly going to, if everything works out right, he'll be on the show in September. But the guests that I like to have are the guests that nobody has ever heard of. It's not just the the folks that are making millions of dollars, which I've had a couple on the show with Randy Shrum and some other guys that are very established entrepreneurs, but the guys that are just getting started and trying to make it without being a Ask Pat type of show where I'm going to try to help you build your business. We're just going to talk about the issues, talk about what's going on and launch, pay it forward to you and possibly get you some recognition out in this digital space and this audio space that we're in. Exactly. And what's awesome about podcasting is there's so much you can do with it, right? Like you can, you can break down um, into niches and and um, ask different questions. And what I've learned that I really like doing is I like keeping my I like keeping the category of guests consistent, right? So that's why I have things like Veteran Empire and Fuelful Warriors, and um, where it's um, you know entrepreneurs talk to entrepreneurs stuff like that. But I like to tap into industries and audiences that I haven't tapped into yet, right? So on Fuelful Warriors, um, I've had any everything from Military veterans to professional uh, women, professional soccer players on both the women and men's uh, men's side, Olympic athletes, um, you know, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, fighters, UFC fighters, and uh, you know, I try to tap into new sports and new branches and new industries and new areas, and I even brought in like um, someone who a part of the, the standard nerds and talking about what it means to be a warrior from like a fantasy fiction point of view and like bringing that in um and just trying to while staying within this bubble that i've created trying to push that where i can and bring in segments of different uh different audiences and i think that uh the consistency of of 
the questions and who may or may not be on the show is good, but it's also nice to sort of sort of see that I'm not keeping in a tight circle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I'm kind of having a challenge with is originally with Men of Abundance, my original thought process was just to have leaders in the community who are living a life of abundance, not necessarily uh, entrepreneurs or veterans for that matter but being a veteran and being an entrepreneur mindset that's just seems to be who I attract into onto the show and into my life in general but with the entrepreneurs that I'm bringing on originally like I said I wanted it to be just the guys that were up and coming but again you need some of those guys to kind of launch forward as well some of those big influencers if you will so are you monetizing any of your shows at all or you have any sponsors so Fieldful Warriors is commissioned. So Lock and Load Java, um, you know, they they pay for the production. Um, but I consider them a production partner, not just a sponsor, because I created the show for them, right? It's branded in part with their logo. Um, Fieldful Warriors is actually their tagline, like it, they're a tagline they've been using for their business for a while. And and so it's not my show that they're sponsoring. It's, it's their show that I've created for them that they're giving me creative reign over. So... Um, yeah, so that, that's what's one that's being um, that's being monetized. Um, one too many. I'd really like to get a sponsor, but I haven't been consistent. Like I want to be, I want to, I need to get back to some sort of consistency before I can pitch that to somebody. And then um, follow your spirit. I think will best be monetized through products, so like T-shirts, stuff like that, other other items that like fans can can like buy and then wear to a game or something like that. And I haven't I haven't reached that point yet. Okay. Yeah, because that's that's uh, you know a point. At some point, these podcasts they can be run very cheaply, but the way I'm doing it is quite costly, just because of building my website and the communities that I'm associated with. Because I'm still in the learning phase, and I'm learning something new every single day, especially by talking to folks like yourself and just on the various uh, Facebook groups and blogs and everything that I'm paying attention to, and all the podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. So the way I'm doing it is costing me money. Uh, so I am monetizing just slightly, just a little bit from some products that I've been affiliated with over the years. Uh, and that's working out pretty good. Uh, but it's, yeah, not me, it's, it's, it's not paying all the bills just yet. <laughs> yeah. And right now it's just a labor of love because I absolutely love. One of the things I love most and one of the things that I really wanted to get started with this was it just intrigues me all the different vocations and all the different ways that people make money in the world. And just digging through that, podcasting definitely intrigued me when I first heard John's story because I'd been listening to podcasts, but I never knew anybody was monetizing it in any way. And when I saw what John was doing, I was like, that is just crazy. Uh, and then Pat Flynn and everybody else I became associated with. But people like Matt Miller, the the post that just um, uh, posted today, or the blog that just posted today, uh, was an Air Force pilot, and now he works. He he's got a franchise that he started from scratch with thirty dollars, basically, and uh, or basically about a hundred dollars. But thirty dollars bought his first vent, gum vending machine, and now he's got this franchise of um, stickers that he has in schools, and I think it's called School, school Spirit Vending. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just amazing that he's doing so well now after, goodness, delivering pizzas after getting out of the Air Force. All right, so we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready for that? Absolutely. Awesome, Tim.
All right, Abundant Leaders, I know some of you are looking for a side hustle. Many of you are not, and that's cool. But I always recommend some sort of a side hustle, some way to make a little bit of extra income or a lot of extra income depending on what you want to do and how much time you have to put into something. The tax benefits alone of starting some sort of side hustle from your home should be incentive enough, but you don't want to start a side hustle for tax purposes alone. The perfect business, in my opinion, is one that solves a problem and fills a need and makes you a profit at the same time, something you will enjoy doing. Now, many people that I talk to, just like many of the guests that I've had on this show, end up doing something they had no idea they would enjoy doing. And why is that? It's because they tested the waters. They did something out of the norm and they realized this is amazing. I never knew this opportunity was here. I'm going to follow through with this and I'm going to find out more about it and I'm going to learn this and master this. So I'm going to give you something that you can look at and seriously for a very limited time, only a couple more weeks, you will be able to get an inside look absolutely free at this brand new technology company. Now it is a technology company. It is in the technology industry and in the travel industry, but you do not have to be technically inclined to participate and to partner with this company. So you can take it for a test drive, and the way that you can do that is to either go to the show notes of this episode or go to menofabundance.com, click on the resources tab, scroll down to side hustle, and click on the Hodo logo. (laughs) That sounds funny. Click on that logo. It's going to take you to a two and a half minute video. Watch that video and then join so that you can see if this side hustle is what you've been looking for. Now let's get back to the show. So give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. And this can be on anything in related to not a whole lot of podcasters on here. Not everybody's military, but something that you've learned throughout your experience of either your personal life or uh, your podcasting. Yeah. So um, first thing, take control of your time. Nothing is more liberating than than taking control of your time. Not time management. Don't learn how to manage it. Take control of it. Tell, say no to more things. Guard the time um, that you have. So the second step to that would be then figure out what you want to do with that time and guard it like you would in, like a, a meeting at work, right? So if you want to um, if you want to learn how to play the harmonica, dedicate a half an hour, three days a week, put it on your calendar, put it, like schedule it, and then guard that time like any other. Don't think that, oh, since that's a hobby, I can I can help my friend move that day. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe helping your friend is more important than playing harmonica. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, uh, you know, half an hour on Monday afternoon, I'm going to pract- practice this. And then if someone's like, hey, you want to grab drinks? Nope, sorry, I can't until after 4 p.m. or whatever, or whenever you'd be done with that. And guard that time. It's the only way that you're really going to like get into something that you've been interested in. You're never going to find a time to do anything. So take control of your time and then guard it or schedule the things that you want to do and then guard that time. And then the, the third actionable uh, thing and like learn – you know, men of abundance, right? So abundance is, uh, who talks about this a lot? James Altucher talks about this a lot. Um, being able to do um, experience and um, express gratitude is a um, is such a powerful thing. Just this morning, I was, you know, I'm grateful for my life. I have a, I have a good job. I get to do the things that I want to do. And, 
this morning I, I walked into my climbing gym and the woman that she, she was very friendly, like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm wonderful. And she was like, oh, I wish I could say that. And I, like, I sort of wanted to challenge her. And I'm like, why, why can't you say that? You know, I understand everybody's got their own stuff going on. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like people don't have problems. But, um, you know, she made it seem like she was only okay because there needed to be something else to make it wonderful. And just the fact that nothing was bad or nothing was wrong in my day for me, it was wonderful, and I, I and I was experiencing gratitude in that moment, and then expressing it, and being able to do that will create a lot of emotional health benefits, and that makes it makes you more capable of doing the things that you want to do, taking an initiative, um, experiencing failure, or you know, experiencing things not going the well uh, well should. Um, with grace, it makes you just a more pleasant person to be around, which I'm sure your friends and family will enjoy. Um, you know, so take control of your time, schedule the things that you want to do within that time and then guard it and then be grateful for everything that you get an opportunity to do. Wonderful. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life? Exercise. And I say that, uh, from having gone two months without, with almost no exercise and holy smokes, I forgot how huge of a benefit it was. I was exercising on a regular basis I would say for you know for the few years coming out of the out of the military of course it was um, when I got out I was like still motivated like oh I'm gonna run and then I was like why am I running I don't like running <laughs> uh, and so then uh, you know that that turned into like gym and hiking and um, and then when I when I started my new job my routine got disrupted my daily routine got disrupted so much even though it was like a consistent schedule it disrupted it and I just wasn't finding the right time I wasn't finding the right time to do the activities I wanted to do and I wasn't motivated to do the other things I didn't want to do like run and I sort of was sludging through and just over the past couple of weeks I've gotten back into fitness I've been a little bit more cardio at the gym uh, I go rock climbing now since a, a new gym just opened up and the daily habit of doing some sort of exercise, fitness, even like just doing like 20 minutes of yoga, it's, it refreshes the brain. It makes me wittier. It makes me more thoughtful. It makes it gives me more energy. And this is like the, the great paradox of, um, of exercise, right? If you don't use the energy to exercise, you actually are robbing yourself of more energy. So, um, got to put exercise in your daily habits. Absolutely. I'd completely agree with that one. And that is definitely a habit that is repeated over and over again on this show. And when I get, since I've started this podcast, my routine has been messed up and I have not been working out consistently. And when I don't work out for a good, goodness, if I go two weeks, I'm just done. The pain, I feel the pain from the moment I wake up and my lower back I yeah. feel the pain in all my joints, but as long as I'm moving and being active and doing something on a regular basis, then much of that aches and pains goes away. And so many people are living with these aches and pains and just thinking that's normal. And it is normal for people who are right. sedentary. Here's a daily habit that I that I'll I'll admit that I'm um that I'm struggling with. Too often when we talk about daily habits, we talk about the ones that we're like we're doing really well. And here's a daily habit that I that I'm trying to implement better. Um, and it's something that I've known about for years and still have not committed to it. Um, I go up and down with it. Is the night before determining what needs to happen the next day. So planning my day the night before. I'm okay with that. Like setting out my clothes, thinking about what I have to do. But then the next morning, starting the day. Like as soon as I'm getting the work, doing the most important thing first, and that has been such the 
that has been the biggest hurdle for me to get over. Some weeks I'm good on it, or I shouldn't say some weeks. Some days I'm good at it. Most months I'm not good at it. Um, but it's something that if you can, in the morning, you know, go through your morning routine, prepare for your day. If you can avoid email and social media and get onto the first important thing of your day, that thing where, and this is from Tim Ferriss's book, if you can if you can knock out that one thing that would make you feel satisfied of your day's work, if you can do that before lunch, you've just won the day. And it is, you know, like anybody else, I want to do the easy stuff first. I want to see if there's anything I can quickly knock out out of my, my email. I want to think a little bit more about that important project and not just sit down and start banging it out. And there's tons of excuses to not just start doing it. And before you know it, three days go by and you haven't even started it. First thing in the morning, uh, at least before you start getting into the social media and email routine, start working and complete that number one thing on your on your list. Yeah, you and I are on the same track with that. One of the things I've been trying to do is is journal. I do my gratitude and what I've been trying to do is incorporate my gratitude along with my journaling and just writing down. Now, I am good like you. The night before, I lay out my clothes. I look at my calendar. Who do I have to – Who do I have an interview in the morning? If so, what time? Blah, 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 all that type of stuff. And if I, if I get up and I open up my phone or I open up my computer, the rest of the morning is, is shot. It's just done. It's shot? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, it gets me every time. It's like it's like candy corn. We're like, <laughs> I don't want that. And then you like eat one. And you're like, ah, oh, what did I do that? I know I didn't want it, but now I want to have 50 more of them. And you're told it's your day is shot. It's so true. Wake up like I know I shouldn't look at my phone, but I'm gonna check right. Twitter real Forget quick. Because and- oh. you know you have the notifications. I shut off my fa- Facebook notifications, but I still have like the podcast that just launched that day. Uh, you know, maybe a text message came in or something like that. And it's kind of hard for me because I use my phone as a light so I don't wake anybody up early in the morning because I'm up at 430. So I I just have to look at it. (laughs) But if I open it, forget about it. It's done. Because then I say, oh, I got to respond to that. And then I got to go to the computer. And then I got to, next thing I know, I see the Facebook, all the Facebook numbers that are up there, 13 notifications or whatever. I'm like, oh, what's that? It, It, My brain just can't shut that off once I open it up. So here's how I've avoided that. One, I took Facebook Facebook off my phone. That was it. took the Facebook uh, off, and I had to do that a couple times before I committed mm-hmm. to it. Then I use Buffer, uh, which is a social media scheduling tool. If I have anything that I want to post, I just put it in a Buffer, and Buffer trickles it out through my day on the, the the schedule that I've set. So then I go and I I try my darndest to only go into Facebook once close to the end of my day to sort of see what people are saying, respond to some of the comments, whatever, and then boom, I'm done for the day. The next day moves on. I don't let my phone notify me about anything except for text messages and my calendar. And I think one there's one other thing. Oh yeah, like my my parking. Um, otherwise, my phone's not allowed to not allowed to notify me about anything. Uh, my phone is always on silent and upside like, right right now. It's upside down on my table, so even if someone texted me, I wouldn't notice and I wouldn't be distracted by that. And it's just these little things that make it easier to get through a task without being distracted. And if I'm like. If I hear a quote that I want to share, I just go in a buffer, I put in a buffer, and that's it. I don't have to look, I don't have to go to Twitter or Facebook to, to put it in there. I know that it's going to go out to these platforms that I intend for it to go on, but I don't have to then go in and get sucked in. At it. I mean, how many times have you gone into Facebook to do something and 20 minutes later, you're like, why did I come to yeah. Facebook? I came in here to do something, you know, and just because you get sidetracked. So 
there's Tim Lawson's uh, you know, secret to staying away from Facebook. Trust me, I've wanted to, I've wanted to delete Facebook a handful of times when I realize I'm too. I'm like, I need, I need to get, just get rid of this. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's such a, it's such a powerful marketing platform that it's impossible it really to get away. Is. It absolutely is, and it's yeah. And let's face so you, it, the, all the videos and stuff are just hilarious when you want, when you do want to actually do some downtime and connecting with high school friends yeah. and you know military buddies and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you already mentioned exactly. uh, mentioned Tim Ferriss's book, and I'm assuming you're talking about the Four Hour Work Week. Awesome book, yes. by the way, and I'm going to have that one in the show notes. I highly recommend that book because it talks about much of what we were just talking about. But what other books would you suggest to Men of Abundance and the Leaders and why? Uh, okay, so I have a few, Absolutely. if I may. Um, so the first one, and this is the book that I uh, gift the most um, as well. It is um, Essentialism by Gregory McCown. And... I, what I love about it is it is straightforward on on how important it is to focus on what's important. And it takes all of the things we've learned about productivity and time control and distractions. It takes the best and most powerful of those things, puts them together, and uses a lot of great business um, examples but you can apply it to any part of your life. Essentialism by Gregory McCown. It's as soon as I hear, as soon as I talk to someone like one of my friends that I can tell could could um, benefit from them, I give them a copy. Um, and I always tell them it's yours. Do what you want with it. When you're done with it, you should at least pass it on. If not, keep it in your bookcase. The second one, um, Living Forward by Michael Hyatt. There was a co-author on that as well. I can't remember his name. Michael Hyatt's the lead author though. Um, this was this book is about life planning, and it's important because uh, while it's earlier in this year, there was a six-week window in which I started a new job, graduated from college, and got engaged. Three huge things happened in a month and a half time period, and those were all the the pinnacle of those parts of my life. Right, graduating college has been a goal for. For years, getting getting Shannon to agree to, to marry me has been a goal for a couple of years, uh, and then you know starting a new job is obviously something any college graduate or soon to be graduates thinking about. And all those things happened, and I felt myself sort of as after the rush of adrenaline and excitement of the new job and being engaged and all sorts of stuff, I like started going into a lull. And that you know I wasn't like in a rough patch, but I just wasn't motivated. I wasn't I didn't know like what I would sit down to do something a podcast and I'd ask myself why am I doing this? Like I know like kind of enjoy doing it i just happened to pick up living forward from the library that same week that i sort of i was realizing this and it reminded me how important it is to continue planning for life to continue to evaluate your life see where it is admit how it's strong where it's not what's important stuff like that and then how to how to commit to to taking steps that are going to bring you from where you are to where you want to be it's so simple i'm even like overcomplicating it and that description but for anybody who could just use a little bit of a reality check slash um life planning it's a quick read it takes a day to do the the exercise and it's it's super uh super useful and then lastly i can't pronounce uh paulo coelho i think is his is the author's name but the book is called the alchemist and it's a fiction book um, but it's sort of, I'm not even really going to try to, um, I'm, I'm not going to really spoil like what it is or what, what happens, but 
it's about a journey of a young man and it's got some life lessons in it and it's got some really great metaphors um it's a it's another quick read i think i read read this mostly on a two and a half hour flight and i think i uh read almost the entire book so um yeah, those are my those, and then of course the four hour work week is the first three chapters of the of the four hour work week. I believe will be timeless um, until you know until um, traditional employment is completely wiped agreed, out. Agreed, agreed. And the Alchemist is absolutely a great book, and even for myself who is a slow reader, uh, that book will pull you in because the storyline is just very intriguing. It's very easy to read, and it's uh, you're going to love the story, and it's definitely going to help you out in what we're talking about today yep. for sure. So, that's it. Perfect, Those are my perfect. books. So, at the end of uh, Men of Abundance's 12-month anniversary, we are going to pay it forward, and we're going to be giving a portion of any of our revenue to various charities. And what I do is I allow my guests. And now, from this point on, what I've decided to do because I talk to so many people three shows a week, I'm going to pay it forward on Friday, and you're going to be a Friday show. So our Friday guest will be pay it forward Friday, and I'm giving you the opportunity to mention a charity that you would like for Men of Abundance to give to on our 12 month anniversary. Team Rubicon. Uh, Team Rubicon is a natural disaster is a disaster relief organization that was founded by a couple of Marines, and they. They pretty much um, gather up a bunch of volunteers, primarily military veterans, former first responders, stuff like that, and they deploy them in areas uh, that have suffered hurricanes and tornadoes and you know flooding and other really bad disasters that can really cripple a community. And they just go in there, they take control, they work with the local government, and they get and they get stuff done right because that's what uh people of that demographic know uh know best and it's it's a great organization because not only is providing disaster relief a huge part of of the global society helping each other but it's giving veterans that struggle with purpose out coming out of the military gives them a new purpose it gives them a new sense of service so not only is it benefiting the local communities that are that are getting the help from team rubicon but it's giving the veterans and the other uh other personnel that volunteer for team rubicon a way to uh find new fulfillment and a new sense of purpose i have not heard of that one but i will definitely look that up so i will have all of that and i didn't mention i'll have the books listed in the show notes of this episode i'll have the charity listed there as well and that will be at menofabundance.com forward slash zero two zero or you can just search timothy in the search bar and that will pop right up so i have one more question for you tim are you ready for it all right. Let's do what it. does living a life of abundance mean to you? It means living a life that is is motivated by passion, freedom, liberty, and just general enjoyment, right? Like it doesn't there's one I think something that the entrepreneurial community has done is it's sort of especially this uh, solopreneur um, community, it's made it seem like traditional employment is like a, some sort of imprisonment or that you can't really enjoyment and enjoy it um, and that you should always be looking for something to sort of do on your own. But if you're in a life that you enjoy, if you're at a job that fulfills you, if you're not at a job that fulfills you, but you have life outside of that that really uh, that you can be grateful for and that you're really passionate about, whether it be a hobby or family or whatnot, I mean, you feel like you're living a life of abundance. You should always be looking to 
gain and preserve resources of all kinds. You should always be interacting with people. A gentleman gave a really powerful speech at an at an SP award not too long ago, um, and his you know his parting advice was every day. You should find a moment that makes you laugh, find a moment that pushes you to tears, um, and, fi- and uh, find a moment that takes your breath away or something like that. I should really memorize this so I can uh, better pitch it the next time it comes up. Not every day is going to be an epiphany. Not every day is going to be you know groundbreaking. Some days are going to seem monotonous and mundane. Um, but as long as it all exists in a life that you are passionate about, that you feel motivated, that you feel... Um, inspired and challenged and supported, uh, you know, if, if you can find a part of that in every in in every day of your life, you're living a life of abundance. So leave us with a parting piece of guidance. You've already left us with what, quite a bit of information. This was a good conversation, uh, but leave us with a parting piece of guidance in any way that we can reach you. And I will certainly have your podcast in the show notes as well. Great. Uh, yeah, I can be reached uh, probably best on Twitter uh, at Tim Lawson twenty one, uh, or if you want to email me Lawson at Lawson Entertainment dot uh, com. Uh, I think my, my parting piece of guidance is you know I I got the job at at VA because of every not because that I came out of school with this degree, but because of everything I did while I was in school, the podcasting, the uh, I did a TED Talk, I did a couple of videos, I did all these other sort of things, because that's what I wanted to do, and I didn't wait for anybody's permission to do that. I didn't wait for anybody to say, hey, we want you to do this for us. I just decided I want to do this, I want to do this eventually to get paid, and I just started doing it the best that I can. Now, if you're trying to get into rocket science, that's a little difficult, more difficult to sort of just do on your own, right? You can't, uh, you just, you know, maybe you can just set up a lab behind your house, but the, the point being, don't wait for people's uh, permission to do something. If you want to do something, just take the initiative and do it. Try it and try it again. Pivot. Find new ways. You know, and continue to collaborate with other people and show them, look, I'm doing this and I'm good at doing and, and I'm good at doing it. Uh, and you will you will most likely find uh, you know where you want to be and somewhere where you can really thrive. Excellent. Do not wait for permission. I love that. Absolutely love it. Tim, it's been a wonderful conversation. I truly appreciate your time. And I look forward to getting to know you a little bit more and possibly having you back on the show at some point. Yeah, absolutely, Wallace. I would love it. This was, uh, it, like I said, it's always nice to be on this side of the microphone. And uh, I feel like every time I'm on a new show, I have new things to say. So it's, it's nice Wonderful. to do. Awesome, brother. Take care, man. Yeah, you too. All right, men of abundance, that's all I have for you today. That was another amazing conversation with a great guy doing wonderful things in our community. He's doing great things for veterans and people in general, and I truly appreciate that. What are you guys doing? What, what are you doing out there that is good for your community? What, how are you being abundant in your community by tithing in either your time, talents, or treasures? I'd like to hear it. I'd like to know what you guys are doing out there. So go to menofabundance.com forward slash zero two zero and leave your comments on this podcast. I would love to hear what you guys are doing. Either leave comments there or go find this episode on our private Facebook group in our community. That's where I'd really like to have the conversation because it's easier to communicate on Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, like I said in the beginning, and search Men of Abundance Free Community, and you can find this episode and you can make your comments in there or just comment on the page itself about what it is you do in your community. You know what? I'm going to go to the Facebook group and I'm going to post that question in the Facebook group. And I would love it if you guys would go there and either click on it, click like on it so you can follow the the conversation 
or leave a comment and tell us what it is that you are doing. And if you're doing something in your community, I would love to have you on the show and talk about that. That would be amazing. Other people would love to hear what it is that you're doing so they can get ideas of what they can do in their community. All right, guys, go out and live your life of abundance and don't forget to pay it forward. Take care, guys. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.